0: Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy.
1: It's that time of the year.
2: Your vacation is coming up.
0: Joining us now is Andy Saunders, who is a NASA expert and historian. He's created a book called Apollo Remastered, the ultimate ultimate photographic record, which, believe me, is not an understatement. Uh, Andy Saunders, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. What an unbelievable mission that you've accomplished in creating this book. I can barely lift it.
3: Well, thanks, Lisa, and thanks for for having me on. Yes, it's it's quite a monster of a book, but it had to be um – the idea, the concept is this is kind of the, the ultimate, the definitive record. So, and I'm keen in the book to, sh- to showcase more than just Apollo 11. You know, a lot of people, of course, know Neil Armstrong or perhaps Apollo 13 because of the movie. But a lot of people don't realize there was an Apollo 8, for example, which was the first mission that actually went to the moon, although it didn't land, uh, all the way through to Apollo 17. Um, we've got the, the 50th anniversary of Apollo 17 right now. So, yeah, to showcase enough of the incredible photography, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite a quite a big book.
0: How did you get access to these 35,000 photographs from which you called and made this book?
3: Well, one of the great things about NASA is, is its open-source <clears throat> policy, so the, uh, its information, the data is uh, available to anyone that's uh, willing to you know, put the time in and the effort, that's got the skills to undertake this kind of work. So it's public domain, um, wow. The problem is, is it they are raw scans. So the beauty of the book is, the photographs for the first time are based on the original flight film. So all the photographs we've seen, or pretty much all, uh, for the last fifty years from the Apollo moon landings, has actually been based on duplicate film, because when the when the film got back for the moon, it's too important and too delicate to be held to handled multiple times. So they made a duplicate set, and the originals went into this frozen vault in Building 8 at Johnson Space Center, and they've remained pretty much untouched for half a century. So what we can now do is that that original flight film has been digitally scanned, and applying digital processing to those scans now allows us to see the moon landings like never before.
0: You know, one of the things that I was reading was that you solved a mystery. Talk to us a little bit about the story of Gus Grissom.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah, so those images aren't in the book, but a part of the project is to look at all of the the film. Um, And uh, Gus Grissom's biographer, a guy called George Leopold, contacted me and said, do you think you can find the hatch using your kind of processing techniques? Can we find the moment the hatch blows on Liberty Bell 7? So for those that don't know the history, um, his Mercury capsule sank to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, It's quite a big embarrassment for the U.S. space programme. And Grissom was kind of got a bit of blame for that. Uh, They suspected that maybe he panicked and hit kind of what they call a chicken switch. But he's always denied that. Anyone that knows the space history actually knows There's no way he would have done that. But there's no proof. So Grissom sadly died in the Apollo 1 fire um, and never really fully cleared his name of this kind of the hatch uh, crap He uh, he referred to it as. So I looked in that film, I uh, found the moment, we're pretty sure the moment the hatch blew, and this uh, coincides with um, the testimony from the guy that was closest to this, uh, from the recovery helicopter, and the timing suggests now that actually it was caused by an electrostatic charge as the helicopter came in to um, hook onto the spacecraft.
0: Oh was And therefore it,
3: wasn't, therefore it wasn't Grissom's fault. You know, We can finally pretty much conclusively say Based on lots of other evidence, but now having this kind of photographic analysis done, we can pretty much say that you know Grissom was not uh, didn't hit the chicken switch.
0: It's pretty awful that somebody who literally sacrificed his life for the space program should have any footnote attached to his name anyway.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was kind of media, um, the film, uh, The Right Stuff, if anybody has seen yes, that. Yes, of course, great we film, all saw Otherwise that. a great film, but mm-hmm. that didn't portray him or that instant uh, in the best light either. And so, you know, these stories grow and grow and grow. But like I say, those that know the space history and and, and know of him and his character, know there's no way he would have uh, panicked. In fact, he was very calm. You can hear it in the audio. He was very calm when when they landed. So there must have been some other explanation. He said, it just blew. You know, I was just sitting there and it just blew. Mm -hmm. Well, now we think we know how and why that happened.
0: We're chatting with Andy Saunders, who has created this... This is, it's an unbelievable book. It's called Apollo Remastered, The Ultimate Photographic Record, and it really is the ultimate photographic record. As you were deciding what, uh, which among the 35,000 photos you would display in this book, what was your criteria? What were you thinking?
3: Oh, it, it, it was incredibly difficult. I mean, anyone that's been on an incredible vacation will appreciate, you know, narrowing your photographs down to put in one album. It is extremely difficult. So you imagine if, if if these are multiple journeys to the moon and there are 35,000.
0: Unbelievable. You know, they are
3: in, they're inherently stunning, a lot of them. But really, it was those that maybe something we haven't seen before, because we tend to see the same ones over and over again. Um, so things we haven't seen before, um, historic moments such as, you know, we now we've got the clearest image of Neil Armstrong on the moon. Things that reveal new details, such as I found Alan Shepard's second golf ball that he said he hit miles and miles and miles. That's been lost for fifty years. I found the ball.
0: Unbelievable. And he did
3: it and worked out how far it went. Unbelievable. Um, detail that we haven't seen before. There is there are images that just instantly convey the the awe-inspiring nature of human space exploration. I mean, they just they hit you. They're just absolutely stunning. There's panoramas, so I've stitched panoramas together that are great at showing, you know, this incredible, the grandeur and scale of the lunar landscape. But really, it's the human side, the images that show the human side to the missions. That's what I've really wanted to get across, to create a sense of intimacy in the book that we haven't really been able to see before. And that's thanks to this unusual stacking technique that I apply to the movie footage that you took. So because that's quite small format, lower quality, but what was used a lot inside the spacecraft, we tend not to see it. But now in applying this process, we can turn these pretty much into photographs, panoramic photographs, so we can almost step on board and look around these, you know, 1960 spacecraft and, and ride along with these space explorers on the greatest ever human expeditions.
0: Andy Saunders, did I read correctly that you said there was only one camera and that Neil Armstrong had it? Is that right?
3: Yeah, and really this whole project was was born out of frustration that I've had since childhood in that, you know, I wanted to see Neil Armstrong on the moon. I've always had an obsession with the Apollo moon landings. He is this absolutely monumental turning point in human history. Mm. I want to see Neil Armstrong on the moon, but I couldn't. And we've never been able to because, yes, they took one camera uh, and he held it for most of the time. It's
0: unbelievable to me that they only took one camera. Andy, think about that.
3: It is absolutely, it it is crazy. Um, but of course, the, really, the objective of the Apollo 11 was, you know, land safely, collect some rocks, plant the flag, take a few photographs, get home and don't die. You know, right. it was really. Right. Which was a lot, know, by the take, way. That was a lot. They didn't take yeah. multiple cameras um, on the latter mission that they did. Uh, you yeah. know, Apollo 17, 50th, they took two and a half thousand photographs on the lunar surface. And Apollo 11, they took less than 200 photographs and none. <laughs> Are of of Neil Armstrong, and that's why I decided to look at the other source of film, which is this small format, almost like a cine film camera, that was was shooting out of the window of the lunar module, that captured Armstrong, and in applying this unusual stacking technique, I managed to create this really clear image of him. We can see his face, we can see his eyelid. Ah. It was recognisably Neil Armstrong on the moon. That image that I've always felt was missing from from the history books.
0: Well, Andy Saunders, thank you for contributing that. Uh, The book is so special that I can't keep it myself. I'm going to donate it to some (laughs) underserved uh, public school library or science teacher. That's great. Because it needs to be looked at by many different little hands. It just needs to be, the pages need to be gone through a lot more than if it simply stayed in my home. It's not fair.
3: That's a nice gesture. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, It's really, really special. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for the work that you've done to contribute to science. We're living in a world where people like to They like to spread misinformation where they like to sow doubt over whether or not we actually had Neil Armstrong walk on the moon. Um, And when you do what you do, it's evidence. And I'm all about evidence. So thank you very much. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on.
0: Pleasure. Andy Saunders on the Lisa Wexler Show.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.